Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with Detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and oh boy, we are getting ready for Halloween, which is right around the corner. It is next Monday, the 31st, if you're listening to this episode when it comes out, and have I got an episode for you. I am thrilled to interview Allison Ames, author extraordinaire on today's podcast. We're talking about her upbringing as an author. We're talking about her books that she released in 2021 to break a covenant. In 2022, it looks like us. And we get into a lot of great stuff, both about her books and also about, surprisingly, our mutual love for Animorphs and how that may or may not have influenced different um, writing decisions that she's made. So it's a wonderful conversation. I think you're absolutely going to enjoy it. A little bit about Allison or Allie. Uh, Allison Ames is an author who writes horror young adult novels. Her book, To Break a Covenant, was nominated for the Colorado Book Award. Her most recent book is It Looks Like Us, which is out now. So uh, before we get to the conversation, I do want to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on nostalgia overload. Toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, without further ado, my wonderful conversation with a fantastic Allison Ames is right up after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast with me at this time. Oh my goodness. We're getting ready. Halloween is coming up and I have with me, it is truly a delight, Allison Ames. Allie, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am ready. <laughs> Halloween is next Monday. Um, I've been fully immersed in spooky season. Yes, it is next Monday, the 31st. Okay. If people are listening to this on the day that this comes out, which is Tuesday, October 25th, if they are not listening to it on Tuesday, October 25th, then it is whenever you want it to be. Because Halloween, the spirit of Halloween could really be celebrated all year long. And one of the ways that folks can do that is by reading wonderful books like yours. And we're going to get into that. Um, but first, uh, I do like to ask guests when they come on the show. So for those who are new uh, here at the Detox Podcast, we like to invite people to quote unquote detox from the world around them and take 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is to, to listen, learn, get a window into how other people live their lives. So Ali, I will ask you, what are you currently detoxing from? I am currently detoxing from, I guess, my own mind and my own process. Um, <laughs> we've been in, so we had the first book come out in 2021 and then the second book came out this year. And as we approached kind of publication day, I started to get very weird and freaked out. And I was like, what, what's going to happen next? Like, there's nothing happening next. I am adrift. I have no oars. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. And so we got to get something on the books. We got to do something just so we have something just so like, I still exist in the void and I went through a couple things and like, there might still be some pitches that maybe will come to fruition. But like, as recently as today, I was like, you know what? 
I don't have to write a book a year. There's no reason to do that except to like have a task, which I am, I don't do well when I don't have a task, (laughs) but I was like, you know what? I went through these pitches and I wrote these pitches and maybe they will get picked up for 2023. But I was like, if they don't, I like them enough to write them without like a, like something breathing down my neck, right. which is usually um, I do better under pressure and with some kind of like endpoint or expectation or deadline or whatever. Right. So just like being with myself and being like, what is the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't have a deadline and my scary brain is like, I'll never do anything again. And then I will die in the gutter. And then my normal person brain is like, probably that will not happen. <laughs> so that's sort of like just taking a step back. Cause it's been two years of that, of like knowing what the next thing is and knowing like, okay, my focus was this and now it's this and now it's this. And like, we're going in order. And so to just sort of get to like the end of that very defined road and just sort of be like, I could do anything is, is daunting, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to take it as a a moment of pausing and trying to be, be chill about it. So we'll see what happens, but that's sort of, that's sort of what I'm trying to unplug myself from. I really uh, can appreciate the need to, to almost, it's almost like, uh, competing against yourself as well as competing against others. And mm-hmm. that is just a mm-hmm. lose-lose situation. There's so many times where I'm thinking specifically like, I could be doing more for the show. I could yeah. I could have other people. I could expand it in this way. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they're doing. Why am I not? Do- and I had to, I've had to stop a lot at different points, even recently, and say, you know what? Who am I creating the show for? Am I getting out what I want to get out? Yes. Are there ways in which I'm improving? Yes. What's my why? My why is to make a better world. How are we doing that? One conversation at a time. Then we're achieving the goal and the rest will follow as it needs to. And sometimes we lean in a little bit more. Sometimes we take a break, Mm -hmm. but it's all at our own pace. And it is so incredibly hard to like, like you said, not have a task and not think like I got to do this at this specific cadence over and over and over again, because this is, you know, in your case, like you might think like I'm using the air quotes here, but this is what authors do a book a year. And this is mm-hmm. how they promote it. And this is how they get on the tour and the signings and the, this and the, that. And it's like, yeah. it's all good. It's okay. We yeah. we're here, right? We are here. We exist and we are putting great art out into the world. So that was as much for me as a, as it was for you, I would say. Yeah. Well, and I think it's hard to like, once you've had momentum, yeah. the idea that like the momentum would stop and it's like, okay, objectively, I, you know, we, me and everyone who was involved in the book created momentum in the first place. So theoretically that can happen again, but I'm like, no, the wheel's moving. We got to keep it. We got to keep the wheel moving. And they're like, do you like what you're doing to move the wheel? And I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't matter. The wheel's got it, you know? So it's, yeah, it's hard. It's very hard, especially because there's so, so many things to look at and draw comparisons to where you're like, oh, she's on TikTok. She's really good at TikTok. Maybe, you know, maybe I should be on TikTok. And then Get me started. the universe <laughs> just sort of puts its hand very firmly on my shoulder and is like, don't do that. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's important to, to yeah. calm down. Sometimes I say to myself, trying to believe it. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of books and speaking of putting books out into the world, let's talk about, so you have authored two incredible books. So you've authored To Break a Covenant, which you mentioned that came out last year in 2021, and mm -hmm. It Looks Like Us, which came out this year in 2022. And so what I want to start out by asking you is a little bit of your background in how you started writing and how you even came to your very first project that was published last year to break a covenant. So I have been, I have been writing, I would say since I have been reading um, and a lot of my very, very early I don't even, I would hesitate to even call it fan fiction because it was just straight up copying. Uh, like I was very into Dear America as a child and I'm sure they're lost to the sands of time, but I did a lot of like, Dear Diary, I am a girl in the Civil War and I'm knitting by the fire. Did knitting exist during the Civil War? I don't know. I have no, like if I were writing now, I would be like, these are the things I have to, but I was like, I'm knitting a onesie for a baby because that's what you call it in the Civil War. So I have a lot of that type of stuff and then I wasn't really, you're just fully out of frame. This is good. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> I've fallen off. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> But I started doing it more, I did um, some nonfiction writing for a while on the internet. I like to write about um, music in sort of a very feelings-y way. It's much less about like, the guitar is very good and much more about like, how do you remember the first time that the world was unfair to you? So it's a very niche oh my area gosh, I love it. of music, music criticism. <laughs> but then... Um, I was like always kind of the idea of writing was in my head and I was like I'm writing these things and these things are like coming out of me just when they need to and I it was very abstract it was like oh and someday I'll have a book and that will be you know that will happen and it was not until I moved back to Colorado I was playing roller derby with a girl who is now a very good friend of mine um but at the time I was just like deeply crushing on her and thought she was so cool and she was so good at roller derby and she was just like and so we like we hung out and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god and she was telling me about her manuscript that she was working on and she was like my agent says this and I don't know and I was like oh we're not swearing right we don't swear you can't I will yeah. I, I will refrain I will do my best but I was like oh my god she's actually doing it like there's a there's a concrete thing that she's done here where she like, she has a physical printout of the book. She has an agent, she has taken steps. And I'm over here like, oh, I write, I'm a writer. And she's like, do you have your manuscript? We could work on our manuscripts. And I was like, I have a, I have a word document somewhere. <laughs> so that was sort of the moment where I was like, okay, hang on. Like the person that I know in real life has done this. Yeah. It is therefore not inconceivable that I could do it as a person who also exists in real life. So then I was like, okay, this thing that I've been sort of like aimlessly typing on that's mostly vibes for since I was in college uh, could be a book if I made it into a book. So I will make it into a book. And I did that poorly, I would say, but I started looking for agents and I found an agent and then she was like, okay, rewrite the second half of this and then come back to me. And I did. And she was like, okay, great. Let's do it. Um, 
So we went from there, but that was sort of the, I would say like the catalyst in the moment of like, and I had, I had the fear again, right before the, the first book came out, because there's always a point, I think, in anything that you do in life where like up to the point when it actually happens, you can be like, oh, I could be an author. You know, I could write a book. I could be a movie star, you know, whatever the thing is that you're like, if you never actually get to the point of potentially doing it and then failing at it, it's just like a fun dream that you have. And you can comfort yourself with like, oh man, if I'd taken the time, I totally could have. If only, you know, yeah. So then I was at that point, but it was, that was kind of the first moment of, of the beginning of that fear of like, oh, there are people who don't just say that they're going to write a book someday. Like they, they go and they find a person to read the book and then to sell the book. And then they do that. So that was, that was the, the moment I think for that. I, uh, so there's so much goodness right there. I have a couple follow-ups that I want to dig into. So first of all, you've, um, I can't believe I haven't shared this yet on the show. We're 200 and this is episode 226 at this point. And I can't believe that I haven't shared this at all. You brought up the topic of fan fiction and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, so, so I, so I'm going to pause first and say, I recently heard um, a friend talk about um, not, uh, uh, what did did she say? She said, not everybody feels this like, oh, I need to put something creative out in the world. And that like blew my mind. I'm like, wait, not everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and she's an author, right? And so she's like, mm-hmm. I feel that way. And I'm like, I feel that way. And so that I totally relate with the like, I need to put something out and I have something to say and it's for me. And I hope other people like it, but it's for me. So yep. love that. And part of that was when I was in middle school and also like, do you remember the first time the world was on fire or unfair to you? Like that feeling. Um, I wrote, I don't know if anybody remembers a little book series called Animorphs. Oh my God. Oh, you're going to be so excited when you read It Looks Like Us. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I love the Animorphs so much. obsessed with a capital O. I had, I didn't not, I didn't only read all 52 or 58 or however many books there were. I also read the Megamorphs yep. and the, the side ones. There was um, Visir and there was the Elemnist Chronicles and there was... Um, and the uh, Hork-Bajir. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the Hork-Bajir. And then... Oh my gosh. Okay. So yes. So read those was obsessed and then found an Animorphs fan fiction message board. <gasps> and, and I was just like, these are the stories I've wanted to read. And so I was reading it and I was like adding my own. And I don't even remember what I wrote is probably absolutely terrible, but I remember it definitely was about um, Tobias uh, not getting it. Sorry. This isn't really a spoiler. It's in book one. <laughs> it's right there. It's also like decades old, but yeah. getting stuck as the red tailed hawk. I was like, I don't want him to get stuck as Red Hill. I want him to be integrated into the crew and be the leader because he should be the leader. And I like, I remember that was what I wrote. And Jake took like, was like the beta to Tobias. <laughs> Tobias was the alpha. That's all I remember. I don't remember like what adventure they went on, but it was definitely like Tobias is the leader because I always yep. saw him as the leader, mm-hmm. even as the hawk. So yes. Yeah. So anyways, that was a, that was a lot. And I can't believe I hadn't shared that before, but oh no. So Animorphs <laughs> and I, 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 uh, if Catherine Applegate, if you're listening, um, you know, you, you have an open invitation to come on and talk about anything you want, as long as I get to talk about Animorphs for like five minutes. So. Oh my God. Catherine Applegate, if you're listening, <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> we will send this to her. Oh my God. Like, may I touch the hem of your garment? <laughs> Catherine Applegate. <laughs> I was, 
in yes. love with Tobias. Oh. I mean, I think everyone was, but like, yes. I, he was a bird. I knew that he was a bird. And in my brain, I was like, he's the head. And like, we had to see him a little bit on the covers and right. stuff. And whenever they described him, I was like, right. he looks like Sean Hunter in yes. my brain. I was also same. in love with same, 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 same. <laughs> But like, even when he was a bird, I was like, oh, he's the most beautiful bird that's ever lived. So handsome and brooding. I love him. It would be him. like waxing poetic from the tree branch outside her window. Yes. And yes. Oh, I loved him with my life. And there are, okay, there's there's a non-zero number of Animorphs references and it looks like us. And there would be more of them in everything I ever wrote if I had my way. Oh. We did get one review um, from a lady who was mad because I wrote a book for in quotes, a book for adults, but trying to be for teens. And then the list of stuff that like was too old, the teens wouldn't know about. Um, and why did you lift? Like, why did you use these? Because teens won't know. And Animorphs was on the list. And I was like, first of all, no, rude teens. No. One of the things on the list was SpaghettiOs. And I try not to think about that woman because it's her her opinion and she has a right to it. And I'm, I'm sorry she didn't like it. And I hope she finds a book that she does like, but I'm like, have you been to a grocery store like today? Because that's not, those aren't the past. Like that's a very real food item that you can purchase today with money in 2022. But I also like, I remember Animorphs being like, even at the end, I think they did a re-release somewhat recently They're where they in changed the middle of doing of like a graphic novel release very excited about that yes. but they did like they did like a oh, like a, the books a modernizing re-release in like the the late like 2010s ish area and i don't know okay. if they did all the books but i just remember that it like it was stuff like you know oh we'll we'll go use your mom's vcr or whatever and it's like changed to like your mom's dvd player and I was like, I appreciate that they're doing this, that they like, genuinely think it will bring in more readers. But I also, I was reading those books when I was eight and I was like, Marco is singing an Olivia Newton-John song. <laughs> I don't know who she is. I don't know this song. I have no frame of reference for this. And I just sort of moved on with the rest of the book. Exactly. You know, and I'm like, teens have the internet. Like they can find out about SpaghettiOs instantly if right. they want to. So like, we should give them the chance to learn about you know, and I would love for the teens to, I would love for me to be, <laughs> and then Catherine Applegate calls me and she's like, thank you so much for mentioning the Animorphs in your, in yes. your mildly selling book. <laughs> this is my comeback. And I'm like, yes, Catherine. She's like, you know, I've always wanted someone to take over the franchise, <laughs> Allie. <laughs> You and then, my, and then I, and then I, my, I vomit my heart and then my head flies away like a bird. Like Tobias the bird, perhaps. Oh God. He was so majestic. Oh, oh my God. gosh. So I had to share that okay. because I yes, also I love that so much. The fan fiction aspect. And now I'm wondering, perhaps I should um, uh, dust off those keys again and, and see what is good in the world of animal fan fiction. Nobody Please do that. that I have wonderful. not even contemplated going into that area, but now I'm intrigued. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it because there is great fan fiction out there. Like, there I is. bet you there is some devastating animorphs fan fiction out there there was some would, there was one I destroy I, my life i wish i could remember like i mean this was so long ago i mean this was we're talking like 2001 maybe 2002 at the mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. most the and, beginning of the internet yeah of our internet <laughs> right. and so um but there was uh, one particular poster um that always left novel length entries in the message board and it was <gasps> so good like it was 
and I, if I recall correctly, it's because it focused on the side characters. So like the, the ones that were the, the, the dog robots, um, Oh, the, the Pemelites. Yes, yes. There, it, he had a whole like section that was just on them and their like continued story. And I remember being like, oh, I love that. "Why don't we have more of this?" And like, this is just fantastic. So that's what I specifically remember. And I know he, oh like the, the person, whoever it was, wrote more. But but yeah. So so moving. I, I gotta I gotta. People are like, uh, if they're if if you're listening, you're not an Animorphs fan. I hope you are by now, um, because you can go like educate yourself because it's there's like a whole there's a whole book where they play like like a um like the marvel secret wars because you've got mm -hmm. like the two godlike creatures like mm -hmm. the team animorphs against the the uh the, the wolf-like creatures or whatever like i still oh. think about the one and this is probably like a a horror route for me that mm -hmm. is like too deep to even parse but there's one and it's it's like in the in the 20s maybe mm -hmm. But the they're they turn into ants. Oh <gasps> yes. And they like become oh God, a part of the, the hive mind. Yeah. And, and then like snap the, out of it. the one ant like crawls over the cube and then crawls over Cassie and then starts to morph into Cassie. And as soon as it gets like a human mouth, it just starts screaming because yes. it's like having its own separate mind. All of my life, I will think about that, like the comparison of like them getting lost in the oh, in the collective mind and then like a piece of the collective mind splintering away and just yes. being like horrified beyond I, all reason. I completely remember like that. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the whole story, but I do remember that scene. And there was, oh, I also remember the whole side quest. This is, apparently has just become an Animorphs like, like hour, but I will- I, I would will love get, nothing more. I will I get us back on more. track. I will. I do have to say though, the-, the, the the rival who was the lion, that David. whole like mini arc, David, David, right? Yes. yes. Oh, that was like, I was on the edge of my seat because it was, they, they were smart in that it wasn't just one book. It was like three to five books mm -hmm. for the arc. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was just like, not everybody has good intentions. Not everybody wants yeah. to save the world. Yeah. Uh, what does Heath Ledger's or uh, Michael Caine say? Some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. Holding the Dark Knight. Joe has managed an Animorphs and a Batman reference in one podcast. I think I think um I've achieved perfection at this point. Um yep, see? There you go. <laughs> you hit it. You weren't even trying. So the, the wheel is rolling. So fan so pulling it pulling it back around. Fan fiction is is um obviously a place where folks can hone their skills and really get a lot of creative outlet and talent and ideas out in sort of a soft landing type of atmosphere. Cause if people don't like it, be like, okay, cool. Like, great. You can always delete the post or archive it or move on or write something else. Yeah. But if it's good, yeah. then you get to continue to, to hone that. I would say as you were starting to, you talked about meeting the friend uh, and then uh, starting to work on your manuscript. How did, covid impact your timeline for writing uh to break a covenant so to break a covenant was actually done at that point and we entered basically we entered the publication cycle like i was in i was in new york in 2019 yeah and we went to see angels in america we were there for 48 hours it was very chaotic it was amazing but we were in a cab like in one of the many frenzies of travel and Rena called me, which is usually a very good sign. Like usually if it's a phone call, like 
something good is going to happen. Is your agent? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. And I, and I share her with, with Allie and some of our other very, very lovely friends. Um, but she called me and she was like, it's, it's happening. Like the offer is coming in today. It's happening. So then I was even more frantic for the remainder of the time that we were there. But so then immediately after that, you know, as we wound down in 2019, like COVID began to sort of ramp up. So on the one hand, it was like, I have nowhere to go. I'm going to, you know, because there were edits and stuff. Like once you sell it, there's a bunch more writing that happens (laughs) because they're like, we love this. Here's the list of everything we love. We're telling you all the nice things on the first phone call. Now here's an email with everything we hate that must be changed. (laughs) And you're like, okay. I wish you'd written down all the nice stuff also, but (laughs) we were in, we were in the editing process. um, And I think the actual official offer probably happened either very late 2019 or very early 2020. And so then we were like on schedule for, for 2021. Um, And then during that process, so there's, I mean, there's always a lot of virtual stuff um, that I think and I have no experience of publishing that has not been in COVID. So as far as like events and stuff go and marketing and anything like that, it's all been mostly virtual, yeah. um, but I don't, I've never had it any other way, but I did then, um, I think early 2021 was when we sent them the pitch for it looks like us and they were like, great, we'll take it like, you know, turn it around in however much time. (laughs) And the way that my day job works is we bid for vacation at the beginning of the year. So I had like spring break vacation, like time that I had, you know, theoretically thought we were going to go somewhere and do something. And then the world was different. Right. But so I took that entire week and just like hermetically sealed bubble and just like slammed out more than half of this book. And that's not something I would have been able to do in not quarantine sure just because there's there's always somewhere to go or something to do and it was like no you literally cannot go or do anywhere or anything so i was like okay so there's there's no excuse so that was and then also while this one was on while we were in the cycle for this one i did write another one just because again we're not doing anything we're not going anywhere you got a lot of free time (laughs) um and that one's on submission now that's an adult horror but that's why I'm sort of like as I'm at the end of my like yeah everything has sort of culminated right now at the end of September and now I'm like okay do 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 little little tiny tapping fingers like where to next so I'll be interested to see I don't think I'm uh I don't think I'm in a place where there need to be a lot of in-person events uh it doesn't seem like people are coming out of the woodwork to see me just yet, but we've had a couple just locally, which has been very fun and nice, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to cons or anything like nobody's, nobody's, nobody's paying to see me at this point. Let's, let's put it not kindly yet. to me. Not, not yet. yet. So but as that, let's manifest that <laughs> <laughs> once the episode comes out. Yes. Sky's the limit. Uh, Catherine Applegate's going to hear it. You're going to have the next submission for like, Animorphs reloaded, or I don't know what we'll call it, right? A new crew for a new year, or I don't know, whatever. Like I would, oh. I would truly. She liked one of my tweets about <gasps> her once, and that was the best thing that's ever happened. Oh my god! 
I had author Sylvie Kentorovitz on a little while ago, and she was talking about reading um, some of Catherine Applegate's recent works. Um, uh, I, uh, Ivan, Ivan the Great, and there was another book that she wrote. The one and only Ivan. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. so she was talking about it, and she tweeted about that she liked it, and Catherine Applegate liked her tweet. And then they replied back to each other. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Do you know her? Oh my God. And, she was, oh my God. and she was like, I mean, I, I, you know, I said I liked her stuff. And I'm like, oh, oh okay, all right, all right. Well, uh, if she asks about the podcast, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I digress. Ali Ali had a tweet uh, go viral recently. And she was like, oh, it's it's me walking around the bookstore being like, that's my friend's book about an author that I've had one Twitter exchange with. And I'm like, that's what it that's all it takes. Like just get we say hi one time, we're golden. (laughs) We're in. Yeah. Um I want to, so, uh, so you talked about the events, you're still doing virtual events. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've talked quite a bit about, um, animorphs. We've also <laughs> talked a lot about, about writing and background. I want to know, so for those that are listening, can you give us sort of the, the, the synopsis of both to break a covenant and it looks like us, and then I've got some follow-up. It looks like us questions. Okay. Yes. So, uh, to break a covenant centers on four girls, one of whom is kind of the new addition to the group. She's just moved to town because her dad is an engineer. They live basically next to the remains of a mining town that their town is an exact replica of because the coal mine caught on fire and the ground above it basically became unstable and ash just sort of rains from the sky all the time. And everyone says the mine is haunted. So their new industry instead of coal is just like ghost tours, like paranormal. So there's a lot of uh, sort of mixed media in the book where it's like transcript of the ghost show and I did do nods to a lot of my uh (laughs) a lot of my favorite a lot of my favorite ghost hunters and people but her dad goes down into the mine and starts to assess basically its structural integrity because they do have to do that every so often to see if it can be filled and if it's still burning and kind of what the situation is down there but the more he's down there the more he starts to become strange And then he eventually doesn't come out at all. And so then they have to decide if they're going to go in and save him and save themselves and save the town. So that's what To Break a Covenant is about. And then It Looks Like Us is about teens, sort of misfit toy island teens, sign up for a research internship with a big tech company in Antarctica to take samples of the ice to see if microplastic pollution has made it all the way to Antarctica because that's like the last unpolluted, you know, continent. Right. But once they are there, they realize that they are not alone. And the thing that is there with them has the ability to take on their forms, which is part of the reason why she thinks about animorphs (laughs) so much. Um, And then the main girl has very bad anxiety, which is part of the reason that she wants to go on the trip in the first place. And so a lot of it is her dealing with sort of internal uncertainty of like, am I assessing the situation correctly? Is there actually a threat here? Is something actually going wrong? And then by the time it's visibly going wrong to the point that she can confirm that it's not just her anxiety, it's it's much too late. Um, so kind of dealing with internal anxiety demons and then also external monster um, and then, you know, the reason for them being there is more sinister than they had imagined and so on and so forth. So that's the, that's the general pitch there. I 
I love it. So if you, I would say this, if you haven't gone and purchased both books by this point in the interview, I don't know what else you're doing with your time. So go, uh, you can stop listening to me for five seconds and go buy it. Absolutely go do that. We'll put links in the show notes, scroll down or go to D if you're listening on the website, detoxpodcast.com, it should be there as well. So anyways, uh, definitely go purchase both those books. I, I have to say, I do love a good Arctic horror I gotta say that so it doesn't sound like uh, art horror, but Arctic yes. horror uh, mm -hmm. themes and books. And so I wanna know what drew you to that concept in the first place? I, I love, I love cold horror and I love daytime horror. And I think that a lot of times, I mean, 90% of the time it's dark, which I get because that is the scariest, but I do love everything taking place in kind of a very starkly lit environment that you can't really escape from. I love the thing that is oh. the, the primary homage here is the thing, but I also wanted to do something in the vein of alien where you're trapped in a space with something. So like they're in this, in this research station that's a contained structure and they can't really leave it because it's dangerous to be outside for too long. And this thing is in there with them essentially. So there's an element of alien there as well with just like confinement, both within a structure and then confinement by the space around the structure, because the Antarctic is very, you know, unforgiving mm -hmm. and it makes for a very, it pairs everything down, I think is the best yeah. way to, it's like when you have a haunted house book, you don't put the house in like the middle of a city right. where there's like ambulances going by and stuff. And there's a lot of other stuff happening. It's always out in the country and there's nothing around it, you know, to distract you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I wanted to do ice horror. I wanted to do scary cold horror um, because the mine was so hot um, yeah. because it's on fire. And so every time they're in the mine, it's just like, sweating, sweating. It's summer. It's hot. It's very hot. And I was like, okay, I got to pivot. I got to have another brand. And I had wanted to do snow horror. And I was like, well, hang on, because the other thing about it looks like us is that that is a real internship oh, wow. uh, that happened. And I got a, I got a sponsored post for it. It was Airbnb for some reason. And they were like, we're committed to you know, helping with climate change. And if you want to, you can pay us to apply for this internship. And then we will take you to Chile for however many weeks to practice for being in Antarctica for however many more weeks. And then you will take samples of the permafrost and so on and so forth. And I was like, this is how you get teens to Antarctica. Like this yeah. is like, yeah. <laughs> this has literally just been given to me on a silver platter. And I was like, but why would anyone actually do this unless they were perhaps secretly evil? Because this seems like not really a thing that has any, I mean, I don't know if it happened. I guess it yeah. could still be happening. I haven't really, I got like the germ of the idea and I was like, all right, that's gone forever. Like <laughs> now, now I'm doing my thing with it. Right. So they could still be there for all I know, or they could have not gone yet. But just the fact that it existed and you had to pay them right. for the privilege, like Airbnb <laughs> of all people, like Airbnb is not even doing like, it's not even like a vaguely scientific company where you could argue, you know, they have like a research arm or whatever. That's like, Oh, we really want to, you could rent get out into a research arm of... perhaps. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're trying to get, they're trying to get Airbnb into Antarctica. Right. And they're like, this is it. Just go there, just set up some, some campsites. And then we'll call that. We'll rent those out. 
that's yeah, that you was... know, there's gonna be airbnbs on mars you take an elon oh, musk rocket for sure <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah it's so there's there's a little bit of me being uh you know winky about tech tech billionaires and stuff like that so <laughs> I had, I had a little bit of fun with it. A lot of me writing in general is just doing bits with myself. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, this is the funniest joke that I personally have ever written for me and no one else. So there's, there's a number of those. I think there's more of them in, in it looks like us though. I, so that's fantastic. Those are landing with the readers oh. out there. <laughs> my, uh, my, my, my face is hurting because I've been laughing so much in this episode. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> It's wonderful. I got to know as we're as we're um, starting to round to round out towards the end of the episode. I want to know what is there's. So I've got two questions for you. So the first one is, what do you hope readers take out of it? Looks like us. And then the second question I have is, is there a mantra or a piece of advice that you always keep? Um, sort of telling yourself that you would like to impart on any uh, aspiring authors out there. So what do you hope people take from It Looks Like Us and then any advice or or just a mantra to share? Okay. Um, I hope I hope that people take away, I guess, on a on a more sincere internal level, I do think that the way that Riley deals with her anxiety, which is also a lot of how I deal with my anxiety, is is hopefully helpful and maybe reflective for some people. And I think the idea that you can sometimes be wrong, but that doesn't mean that you should never trust yourself. Um, it's, it's very easy to get into a headspace of dismissing kind of any fear that you have, no matter how rational it might be when you've, when you've been wrong so many times and you've burned yourself in, in various ways where you've perceived a threat when there isn't one. And that's a hard line to walk. So I guess maybe the the takeaway there is just like, you're not the only one walking that line and it's okay to be wrong sometimes. And it's okay to still, you know, listen to your brain when it's telling you stuff sometimes, but also maybe take it with a grain of salt. Um, but then also I hope, because I do like when horror has a message and I do think it's important to have that type of horror, but I also just really love like a monster, like a scary monster. Yes. And so I hope that people are scared, <laughs> like not like traumatized, but I hope sure. that they have a good time and it scares them and maybe they want to hide it in the freezer or whatever. Like that would be a good get for me. <laughs> um, so I think, I think both of those equally, I hope for, you know, self self-reflection and maybe some, some gentleness for yourself if you also suffer from anxiety, but then also be more scared yeah. <laughs> if you also have anxiety. I'm so sorry. Um, no. <laughs> And then for, for aspiring writers, God, uh, everything takes a really long time. So don't panic. And I think in general, don't panic is the main thing because there's a lot of, it's, it's so subjective. It's such a subjective industry and you can have like at every level. So like an agent can be like, this is bad, you're bad. And then another agent be like, I'm going to sell 500 million of your books. And then you get to publishers and the publishers like, we can't sell this. It's terrible. And another publisher is like, we're going to sell 500 million copies of it. And it just, it can wear on you in 
because it's very like we all want very concrete feedback as humans I think like it's very nice to just be empirically told like you're good it's okay this one's good stamp move on and you just will never get that no matter how well you ever do um and it's something that I certainly still struggle with because it's you know it's you know some people really don't like my books, which is objectively fine because other people do like them and like holding both of those things inside of you and letting them just sort of exist together and not feeling any kind of way about either of those things, because like you, you don't know who's right, right? You can just, you write the thing and then the thing is there and you hope that you did a good job with it. And I think that's the, the most important thing that I would say to somebody who's and I say this as a person who still hasn't like, quote unquote, made it in the industry or anything close to it. But as somebody who's like cracked a toe pick into the industry, like keep doing it for you yeah. <laughs> and try, try as hard as you can to like take advice that you think is good advice. But if somebody just, just straight up says to you, no, it's bad. It will never be good. Like that's not advice you have to take. Cause it's not really advice in any way. And so if you keep if you keep doing it and you keep believing in yourself and you keep throwing yourself against the, the wall of entry, you know, something, something good may happen. I love it. That is fantastic advice. Well, Ali, we are shifting to the final segment of the episode. It's a segment I like to call things to check out. It's a segment where I provide a recommendation, something I'm reading, watching and or listening to. And I invite my guests to do the same. Uh, Before we get to that though, I need to remind people that on our social media account, Detox Podcast, we're doing a Halloween bundle giveaway where there's a few items from some former guests that are included, uh, such as This uh, this Appearing House by Ali Malininko, uh, the Blu-ray of Two Witches featuring the incredible Rebecca Kennedy, um, a print by Liz Climo, uh, a novella from Christopher B. Owen, A Lingering of Autumn, and there's going to be a few other surprise pieces as well. So as a reminder, what you need to do. So you get an entry for liking, commenting, and sharing the pinned post on Instagram. And then you get, I will give you five extra entries if you do a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Send a screenshot to detoxpodcast at gmail.com. So you will get ahead of the pack if you do the rating and review. But you will get one entry for liking, commenting, um, and uh, what did I say? Sharing the post, following the post, whatever. If you just interact with the post, you will get an entry uh Look, we're, I'm just trying to bring spooky delight to people's houses for Halloween. So that will run through Halloween night, and then you will get the package shortly thereafter. I'll send it out early November so you can continue to keep the Halloween spirit alive in your heart all year long. That is the goal here. So um, just needed to plug that uh, as well. And uh, my recommendations for uh, things I'm watching Uh, reading and listening to. So um, I I did plug Two Witches by Rebecca Kennedy. So definitely go check that out on all streaming platforms, uh, I believe, as well. Or you could just win the Blu-ray in the the bundle and then you've got it. Uh, But what I'm currently watching, so I love, you mentioned loving a good monster. I love a good monster. I grew up watching the Universal Monsters uh, classics every year. Oh, yes. Uh, So black and white on AMC, I recorded on my VACR uh, one time. And so I've got them. I converted them to DVDs at one point and now like they're available on Peacock. So I just watched them there. But of course I got to watch Frankenstein. I got to watch Dracula. I got to watch the mummy. I got to watch the Wolfman. And then 
Then I dig into the deeper cuts, Dracula's Daughter, Bride of Frankenstein. We're talking about the other mummies that don't star Boris Karloff. We're talking oh, about um, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. And then and then you throw in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, or I think that's in the title of that because that's in there, and Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. Any Seriously, anything with the black and white Universal Monsters, I'm all in on that. I love it. I even did a makeup project senior year in college where I designed myself as Frankenstein's monster. I wish I could have that Polaroid that was taken of me, but it, alas, it's gone to the winds of time. Oh. But I love the the a good monster. I love it so much. So that's what I'm watching. Uh, what I'm reading, I am actually uh, reading uh, Beyond... Um, I would say the the items that I mentioned within the Halloween bundle. I'm also actually reading, um, I love a good, this isn't Halloween uh, specifically, but um, I do also love sports and specifically I love minor league sports, which is a niche genre. Uh, my dad worked for a minor league sports team growing up and when I was growing up. And so this, it's this book called Zamboni Rodeo, uh, oh Ch Chasing Hockey Dreams from Austin to Albuquerque, where this journalist followed a team, Austin Ice Bats, for one season and just documented what life in minor league hockey was like for these people who are either coming up in their career or winding down and everything in between. So that's fascinating. And then the last thing, the what I'm listening to, um, I had saved this when it came out in May, and I wanted to save it until Halloween, and I'm so glad I did. It is Batman Unburied. Uh, so it's a Spotify exclusive podcast. Uh, it's not really a podcast. It's listed as a podcast, but it's an audio drama. It's got Winston Dukes, who is in Black Panther and in yes. um, Us. I think the, 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 the Us or Them, the other Jordan Peele movie. Us, yeah. Yeah, so Us. He's in there. So he plays Batman, Bruce Wayne. Ooh. And then um, there's an, like an all-star cast of Raw. Hassan Minaj plays the Riddler. Uh, so if you're if you're interested in that, so there's and there's a lot of other people as well, but those are the two that I can remember right off the bat. So um, Batman is fighting this mysterious villain called the Harvester, and um, mysterious things are occurring in Gotham City. So that's that's all I will share. But go check that out. So that's what I'm reading, watching, and listening to. Allie, what are you reading, watching, and/or listening to? I love that. I love all of that. I am. So we're watching. Uh, my wife has been a and Anne Rice head since her, since her pre-formative years, I think. And I'm a, I'm a later in life convert, but I love vampires of all, of all walks of life. So we've been watching interview with the vampire, oh. which is of course stunning so far. They're really doing, I said this to her as we were watching it, I was like, she's, they're really nailing the exact thing of vampires that is so hard to pin down, which is that they're really very campy. Yeah, at their heart, but also still deeply, deeply tragic. Yes. And having those things exist side by side, they're doing such a good job. It is such a delight to watch. Um, so we're watching that, having a great time. And then I am reading. I just started. I just finished the Turn of the Screw, which oh. was. I don't. I don't want to say negative things about a classic, but I was underwhelmed at best i sure. would say is the kindest thing i can say but now i'm reading um for most of the day i've been reading smoke gets in your eyes which is a nonfiction. it's a memoir about this girl and her time working in a crematorium that's right um it's it's great so far she's very funny it's obviously very 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 dark um so if you don't want to read about all forms of death and dead people and what they look like and what they smell like and what they feel like maybe skip that one but 
I'm having a great time. I keep reading different horrible bits aloud to Emily. I'm just like, oh, we're, we're not in hospitals a lot. It's okay that we know that we know this as they're wheeling somebody through like with a covered gurney. So they're like, if you ever see anyone with an empty gurney in a hospital and there's two people with it, might have a corpse secretly. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's fine. Um, and then I'm listening to the new Mountain Goats album, um, which is called Bleed Out, which is great. And there's one song on it called Training Montage that I can't stop thinking about as I'm working on this pitch, which is about a pirate who wants to get revenge. But the chorus of Training Montage is literally just John Darnielle yelling, yelling I am doing this for revenge. <laughs> so that's been on a loop in my head all day. And then I also, um, I mean, obviously it's, they're, they're doing fine. They don't need my pitch, but I'm also usually listening to bananas, which is a weird news podcast. Um, it's two comedy guys, one of whom also is like a horror movie writer. Um, and they just tell you weird news stories that have occurred. So it's like guy who had an alarm clock in his house going off for 13 years. It was like in the walls of his house. So they just, it's it's news but it's not the horrible news so sure. it's a nice kind of yeah. change of pace and they're they're very funny and charming and it feels kind of like you have some friends hanging out so that's a nice accompaniment to most of my tasks <laughs> so that's my that's, that's my fantastic. plug for them i i love that and you know you brought up the the turn of the screw and i do love a classic and i also understand what you mean about not wanting to bash a classic but also not like quite quite loving it maybe perhaps as much as other people seem to i've had a couple i've had a couple of those instances with with other works of literature um or different movies or media where i go you know i get the appeal i understand <laughs> what why this was the start of whatever right mm -hmm. and why this is so iconic and yet, also, both things can be true, not quite loving it at, to the same degree. Can appreciate it, don't need to love it. Both things can be true. So that's, that's, that is all, all good. Um, yeah. That I, I would say is yeah. one of, that was one of Mike Flanagan's, uh, I didn't, I didn't love Bly Manor. That's a, my, my feelings for Mike Flanagan is another whole hour. But uh, but Blind Manor was not one of my favorite things that he's done. And after reading Turn of the Screw, I'm like, well, there's not a lot of source material here, <laughs> to be totally honest. So maybe that's why it kind of went in a lot of directions. Bl Bly Manor was my gateway into the Flanagan verse. Um, oh, and I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. So I didn't um, wait. Was Bly Manor? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the Blind Man was the second. The second. Yes. Yeah. Hill House yeah, was the first one, which I think was great up was... until about thirty seconds before it ended. <laughs> but oh my god, uh, we do not have the time to talk about Midnight Mass. But dear Lord, I love Midnight Mass. Like I think that's, that's maybe the best thing he's done. I, I think. Allie, I am not lying to you when I tell you that I it can I think about it minimum once per week since I watched it last year. Minimum. Mm -hmm. And it definitely is the, the and I'm going to be intentional and not spoil anything um, for those who want to want to go listen. But I was talking before we even started recording about my background in theology and religion mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how I'm not religious anymore. But I, I still appreciate a good story that, that draws on a lot of the knowledge that I have. So when it had this story and it's drawing in on the different themes to to try and draw conclusions that that take one way or another, it it oh, the 
there's one particular episode that I would say the last half of it is a conversation between two characters. And that was like incredible. I rewatched that scene three different times because it was just the back and forth discussion was riveting and oh i'm giving myself chills at this point but yes i do agree midnight mass is the best thing i have not watched the midnight club um yet um but midnight mass is truly 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 a perfect thing yes real tiny super brief recommendation for you personally because i think uh we're we're in a similar headspace there I don't know if you watched the exorcist TV show. No, I did not. If you did, there are two seasons of it. It is my favorite thing that has existed in the world. Um, It was, it was very short lived, but it was so, so, so good. And just in terms of religion and like not being religious or having had religion and losing it and kind of all of the various ways that you can approach something like that through the lens of we're going to, you know, exercise demons, but it's really, it's really about the people that are experiencing things. And it's so good. It's so, so good. Please watch it. I will. I already wrote it down. So I will definitely uh, pick that up, virtually pick it up, right. And watch it from digitally, virtually, whatever you, you get it. It's not a, it's not a VHS. I'm putting in the VCR. I'm bringing back the VCR references because it still is bizarre to me that one would re re edit an Animorphs book just to swap VCR with DVD player or VCR with what, like who cares, right? Like I almost want to find them. Cause I'm like, what other things did they change for like the quote unquote, the youths of today? Like what yeah. song is Marco singing now? Cause it's not, let's get physical, but right. like, what is it? And like, you <laughs> know that like strange and now stranger things is so big and that's a whole ton of pop culture and genre and nostalgia that the youths of today don't know about but right. are falling in love with kate bush because the song They're getting is on there. right on board with kate bush yeah. they love kate bush no no qualms easy easy peasy not a big deal so anyways i digress so ali if people want to follow you and see what they're see what you're up to i was about to say, see what they're up to see what you're up to what is the best way for them to do that um, I'm on social media. I don't do a lot on there, but I'm on there. It is at two, the number two Furiosa, like from Mad Max, um, but also like too fast, too furious. Um, and then my website is aamsrights.com. There's even less going on there, but it's good to have traffic. So if you want to just click, click over just to be like, get that page counter up. I won't hate it. <laughs> I love it. Well, this has been a delight. I truly hope you'll come back on again. Whether or not you have something to promote, I just we could just keep talking about Midnight Mass and Animorphs and fan fiction and what we think about the youths of today and all the things. All the things. This has been a delight. I would, I would love that. I would extremely love that. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, you've been detoxing with Detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W. 
www.thinkingoutloud.com.